Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Jesse Kelly here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, instinct may drive you to reach for lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of deadly force. Enter the Berna Less Lethal Pistol Launcher, equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo to incapacitate an attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states, requires no background checks, and can be shipped right to your door. Visit Berna.com slash Jesse now for an exclusive 10% discount. You know, your house smells. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. My house smells too. I'm not, I'm not indicting you. I'm sure you keep a clean home, but just time means you're going to acquire smells, whether those are cooking smells that get in your paint, your carpet. Maybe they're animal smells. Maybe you're a smoker or someone else was. Just living creates smells. I didn't realize that my home had a smell to it until I got my first Eden Pure Thunderstorm, the greatest air purifier I've ever, ever owned in my life. This thing, I had it plugged in for two hours. I came back in the room and my air smelled so clean. I now own three of them. I'm not making that up. This thing has absolutely changed me on top of what it's done for my allergies. Go get one. Get two. Be like me and get three. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE. That gets you 10 bucks off and free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com. Promo code JESSE. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. We are back. We have emerged 
from the ice like a caveman. I don't know if they ever actually did that, but that would be sweet. The Jesse Kelly Show is back. 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. No, Jewish producer Chris was not being lazy. He did not forget to upload a podcast of the show. For all of you who listen live at the various cities we're in, no, it wasn't your imagination. Those were repeat shows, best of shows. The truth is we have been iced in and are still iced in. I just simply could not take it anymore. I put on ice skates and skated to work today. No, I I actually got to drive, but it is bad here in Texas. (laughs) I don't expect you to care if you're not here. It's just the way human nature is, but I'll kind of give you a skinny on what happened. No, we weren't here the last two days because we couldn't physically get to the studio for the last two days. It's that bad here. But today, we have Mitch McConnell versus Donald Trump. I'm really, really baffled by something when it comes to that whole feud. I'll get to that in a minute. We have a Virginia bill that would create reparations scholarships. Joe Biden making excuses for China during a town hall. And a Japanese major party invites women to look and not talk at key meetings. <laughs> As you can imagine, we're going to have a lot to say about that. It is so, so good to be back. But first, let us go to the biggest battle in the history of the world. A battle that by itself is on the list for biggest wars in the history of the world. A Horrible place, a living hell, fought by two monsters, you hate them both, fought by two armies you will you will hate. Nevertheless, we are going to go to a little place called Stalingrad. Yes, that's right. Difficult to even talk about it or learn about it because who are you rooting for? Right? I mean, it's it's easy to be anti-Nazi until you have to be pro-communist. It's not comfortable, right? Well, I'm not rooting for Stalin. I'm not rooting for Hitler. I just kind of want everyone to die. Well, here's some good news. Basically, everyone did at Stalingrad. Pretty much all of them. Situation on the ground. 1941-42. This is the time we're talking about here. Hitler... Launches Operation Barbarossa, the air fingers, quote, surprise attack on the Soviets. I said air fingers, quote, because remember, they had a non-aggression pact. They had decided, hey, we're going to just split up Europe. We're the two big boys here. Russia, you take everything in Eastern Europe. Germany will take everything in Western Europe. We're all good, right? Yep, yep, yep. We're good. We're done. But they always hated each other. Hitler, I don't know if you're aware of this, he did not care for Jews. He also blamed Jews for not only losing World War I, 
he blamed them for communism. That's a Jewish thing. That's, he hates them for that. <laughs> Stop, Chris. It's not there. Chris is over here raising their hands like he had a point. It, it, they're, they're, no, 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 no. It went way beyond. Yes, there were lots of Jews who were instrumental in putting communism in place in the early Soviet Union, but it wasn't a Jewish thing. There were just lots of Jews. There. The, the, the two didn't cross over. Whatever. Anyway. Hitler hates the communists. He hates Jews. He hates the communists. He hates the Slavs. It's a real racial superiority thing. So the Stalin versus Hitler clash was always going to come. Stalin, bumbling idiot that he was, somehow didn't know it was coming. He even he even was warned about Hitler's massive military buildup along his border. I mean, Hitler, it's not like you can hide that many tanks and planes and supplies and manpower. And Stalin's being warned about it, and he still chose not to believe it. No, no, he's not coming. At one point, he pulled his troops back from the border so as not to provoke the Germans. That's how much he didn't want it. Nevertheless, in comes Germany. Germany... I, I mean, the, it's way too much. This battle alone is way too much. It would take me take me hours. So I'm going to have to skip over massive parts. This is another one of the parts of the story where I have to step in here really briefly and tell you if the Eastern Front, Germany versus the Soviet Union in World War II fascinates you at all, and it should. I know you hate them both. So do I. It is still on its own the biggest war in the history of mankind. Violent hatred, atrocities on both sides, horrible. If it fascinates you at all, start reading on it. Start watching documentaries on it. It is incredible. The great Dan Carlin, the best history storyteller out there, he did one called uh, Blueprint for Apocalypse, I believe it's called. And it's like a five-part one on the Eastern Front the Ost front of World War II, fascinating. But Germany blows into the Soviet Union, and they are whipping tail on the way through. The Soviet army is simply not led well enough because Stalin, again, moron that he is, killed all the capable generals or imprisoned all the capable generals. The Soviet army is up against a juggernaut of a German army at this time. The German army keeps encircling entire Soviet units. They're, they're moving so fast, they're encircling them and then decimating them, the entire unit. They'll kill, I mean, the numbers here are amazing. They routinely kill 250,000 Soviets. And, and the scale is so grand, I will just simply say, remember this, the Vietnam War. We lost about 55,000 Americans in total for the whole war. And that is obviously rightfully, I mean, we're highly respected and thought of as a, this dark, dark moment in American history. What was it seven years, six, seven years, 55,000 men? The Soviets will lose 250,000 men routinely in a matter of a couple days. Then just call up another 250 and they'll get slammed too. And the Germans are finding something out about these Soviets. One, they're led very poorly. Two, 
You meet them out in the fields, you know, German army against against Soviet army. The Germans in general are going to win that battle very early on. But three, once you get them to their major cities like Moscow, they fight like lions. Once their backs are up against the wall, they simply will fight to the death. They're, they're trying to take places like Moscow and failing. They're just, it's not working finishing off the major cities they want to finish off. They almost got Moscow, didn't. They eventually have to pull back because of the winter and because they didn't achieve every objective they wanted, they pull back and get ready to regroup. And here was the plan for when they regrouped. The plan was to go after a place called Stalingrad. Hitler invaded the Soviet Union with three different armies. Army Group A, B, and C. They were going north, middle, and south. And it was time to go take Stalingrad. Only the Soviets had other ideas. All right. McConnell versus Trump in a Joe Biden town hall. Hang on. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Like a stain on your brain, you can't get out. Super Beats Heart Chews is the easiest step you can take to take care of your heart and your blood pressure. It's not exactly news. I'm not king health around here. I talk to you enough about the garbage food I eat. But I still have to take care of my ticker, especially with the heart problems and and blood pressure problems that run in my family. I have to take care of my heart. Why wouldn't I take the easiest step possible and eat two Super Beats heart chews every single day? My biggest gripe right now is trying to figure out which flavor I like more. I love their new grape flavor. I love the pomegranate berry, but I'm definitely taking two of them every single day. And they taste like dessert. They do not taste like beets. Go to GetSuperBeats.com slash Jesse. That's GetSuperBeats.com slash Jesse. When you buy two bags, they'll throw in a third for free. The Jesse Kelly Show. Subscribe wherever you find podcasts. A reparations scholarship. This is going well. (laughs) Texans without power. McConnell versus Trump. Gosh, I have missed this. But Stalingrad. Off to Stalingrad they go. Hitler sends Army Group B to Stalingrad. And what is the plan? Why take Stalingrad? What's the overarching goal? Well, If you look at a map, you'll see this gigantic blue thing running along Stalingrad. That's called the Volga River. 11 of the 12 major cities in the Soviet Union are on the Volga River. One of the most fascinating things about civilizations is how they set themselves up around water. You look at the Soviet Union or America or Europe or anything else, You'll see there's pretty common traits 
With every single city, they have a water source of some kind. The Volga River, especially at this point in the Soviet Union, is like the major superhighway feeding the rest of the country. Feeding the rest of the country things like oil. Maybe you've heard that's important. Imagine if you could take Stalingrad and cut off the Soviet Union from oil, you would end them. Make no mistake about it. If the Germans win at Stalingrad, it's not as if the Soviets would capitulate the next day, but they win that war. They win that portion of the war. They take over and they go. Now, the Germans are facing something else as they push on. This is their renewed offensive. They're facing stretched out supply lines. Anybody who listens to this show knows how important that is because the Soviet Union is simply so freaking huge. The place is enormous, absolutely enormous. So they're facing stretched out supply lines. So they're moving slower as they go along. The Soviets try, like, counterattacks. I don't even want to call it a counterattack. That's why I said like counterattacks. They basically throw a bunch of untrained reservists against this wall of Germans, and they all get slaughtered again. It was Again, it was another 250,000 of them. They're just losing men by the, by the million by now. The Soviets are moving backwards. The Germans are moving forward. Stalin issues his famous order. You can go read it to this day. It's called Order 227. It's known as the not one step back order. Essentially, Stalin's order said this. People are getting disheartened because our army keeps moving backwards. We do not have limitless land, limitless bread, limitless everything. We are done moving backwards. And in order to ensure nobody was going to move backwards, Stalin begins, well, he begins making sure that's going to happen. He sets up units to sit behind his units who are fighting, and their job is to mow down any Soviet soldier who turns and runs. And they did so often. Stalin was famous for saying, and our army, it takes more courage to retreat than it does to move forward. They even set up penal units, meaning if you were somebody who got caught running away and managed not to get shot or your unit did or whatnot, you would get assigned to a penal unit, a prison unit. They would put you in prison or a gulag and then take about 800 of you at a time and make a unit out of you, a, a, basic, a penal battalion out of you, and you were assigned to the most dangerous parts on the front line. You would, the, the places they put these penal units almost guaranteed you were going to die. To be assigned to a penal unit was a death sentence. You were going to die, period. Stalin's order did have an effect, though. People were well aware we can't go back anymore. The Soviets start throwing men into Stalingrad in anticipation of the Germans going there because now they know they're going there and the Germans show up. The Germans show up, but they make a critical mistake that has been made time and again. They did not realize how the Soviets were starting to fortify the place and move troops into the place. 
And the Germans were so stretched out with their supply lines, they stopped just outside of the city to pause and regroup first. Now, let's look, we're moving fine. We need to get all of our stuff together. But so often in life, so often for you, for me, for countries, for armies, for businesses, for everything, timing is everything. What they should have been doing instead of pausing to regroup, and I understand the appeal of it, what they should have been doing was staring at the calendar and know that winter is coming. Winter is coming. But they pause, and then they start to ramp up after a long pause. And what do they do? They make yet another critical error when it comes to Stalingrad. They're taking the suburbs. Remember, you like to think about ancient cities as if, you know, there's just a ancient, older cities as if there's just, you know, uh, the cities there. Well, it's just like your city. There are suburbs. The Germans tear through the suburbs, and then they start bombing the city itself. That's a huge mistake. Artillery, air, they're blowing the buildings up in the city and creating an absolute nightmare for themselves because they're bombing it before they invade it. You have to be careful. Armies have run into trouble like this time and time again. It sounds nice. It it sounds tough. Well, we'll just bomb them to smithereens and then go in. Material does not vaporize. Material crumbles. You now have created a nightmare for your tanks, and you've created a fortress for them. Once they're done carpet bombing... They push in, and by now, the Soviets have a man in charge. You should know, we've done a show on him before, probably the greatest general, maybe whoever lived, certainly the greatest general in World War II, Zhukov. Zhukov is now running the show. He had already saved Moscow. Stalin sends Zhukov in and says, go. And while Hitler was a micromanager who almost undoubtedly cost Nazi Germany the war, Stalin was a micromanager, yes, but was, to his credit, aware that Zhukov was not a man you should micromanage. You give it to Zhukov and say, ah, go win, please. Just, you go do Zhukov stuff. I'm going to go over here and do homicidal dictator stuff. We all have our thing. Zhukov shows up. The Germans push in. And you have to read about the Battle of Stalingrad or or watch a documentary about the Battle of Stalingrad to fully appreciate this. So I'll just give you one, one little scenario that took place all over the city. Remember, the Soviets not allowed to retreat. The Germans trying to push the Soviets out of Stalingrad back to the Volga River, which is behind the Soviets. Get them back to the Volga, annihilate them, take the Volga. That's the plan. But you have to fight for every single inch of Stalingrad if you're the Germans or you're the Soviets. The Germans would take a week to clear out a building. And then the Soviets would counterattack and take a week to take it back. And then the Soviets would counterattack and take a week to take it back. 
and we're talking an entire city, a major city here, and I want you to understand something about taking a building. Do you want to know what it's like to take a building? Hang on. I'm about to explain to you what it's like, and don't forget, we kicked Michael Malice off on Monday because we had we were iced in. Michael Malice is coming here in just a little bit, too. Hang on. Never completely ready to adopt a teen. For late nights writing English papers. For your teen's music taste. For dinners, where they talk more on their phone than with you. For the first time, they call you mom. You're never completely ready to adopt a teen, and you can't imagine the reward. To learn more about adopting a teen, visit adoptuskids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council. Ladies and gentlemen, we have arrived in Philadelphia. Local time is 3.05 p.m. and the temperature is 67 degrees. At this time, you are now free to use your cellular devices. You know that feeling when you get to turn your phone on after the plane lands? You can have that feeling every time you drive. Make sure your cell phone is stowed away whenever you are behind the wheel. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, a message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. We got Michael Malice coming up next hour to talk about the McConnell versus Trump feud. Gosh, we have so much good audio today. Reparations bills, complete uh, the Texas under a winter storm. You can find me on social media at Jesse Kelly DC on Twitter, on Instagram. I'm also on Facebook and I'm on locals. I had to get my fix in yesterday. I uploaded a little video on the locals too. So if you want the honor of seeing me, what, Chris? Go join me on locals over there. That's the one place I won't get kicked off of because it's run by my buddy Dave Rubin. There's no censorship there. So eventually, once I'm kicked off everything else, that'll be the only place I go. I should point out too, I'm still getting your go-to fast food orders and there's still money we have one here from Chick-fil-A. I'm gonna I'm gonna take it apart for you. And look, buddy, I know you know I'm probably talking to you. I'm gonna crush your order. You didn't do good. And I'm gonna correct it for you. Because you know I'm the world's best orderer of food. Back to Stalingrad. You know what it's like to take a building? It's picture a five, six story building and taller. You have to take it room by room. And the fighting is personal. Horrifying and personal. And what I what I mean by that is this. I, I'm not gonna get obviously I would get too too bloody on you here, but it is one thing in combat to shoot a man from a hundred yards away, two hundred yards away. I'm not making light of it at all, but You squeeze the trigger, he falls down, he's gone. It is another thing entirely to have him two to three feet away from you, to look him in the eyes, 
to hear him screaming and hear him, him hear your screaming. When you clear out a building, you have to march down hallways. You have to enter a room. Forget about, you know, forget about the building. It's too much to think of right now. Think about walking into a room and knowing there's a man or men in that room with an AK-47, uh, M-16, uh, whatever. Pick your weapon. Aimed at the door, you have to run through trying to shoot you on the way through. You're throwing in grenades. They're throwing back grenades. Did I mention it's not like the movies where walls stop grenades all the time? Oftentimes they do not. You charge in there. You're shooting. They're shooting. You're also deaf. I forgot to mention that part. You want to know what it's like to shoot a weapon inside of a building? All the sound stays right there and turns your eardrums to mush. You can't hear anything. And that was one room. Let's say you throw a grenade in. Maybe you get one or two or all of them. You storm in. They get one or two of your guys. You now have another room and then another room and then another room and then another room. And we're still on the first floor. Oh, how are you getting up? Well, you can have... An elevator, they had elevators back then. There were famous battles in Stalingrad and elevator shafts. Or you can take the stairs. Trying to lay this out for you as best I can, I want you to imagine I'm one, maybe two stories above you in a stairwell. I have you know, an AK-47 aimed down at you. You have to climb the stairs without getting shot in the face. This is... A very, very rudimentary breakdown of what it's like to clear out a building and how horrible it is to clear out a building. And that was one floor. That was that was a fraction of one floor. Multiply that several times to take a building. That's why it would sometimes take a week to clear one out and then picture the same building being taken back. And then you you go back in and take it back, and then them and then they're taking it back from you. And this took place in building after building after building after building after building in Stalingrad. I, I just look. I don't want to ruin the end of the story for you, but you have to understand. We're talking. We don't know the numbers. Potentially two million people died in and around this battle, and the Germans. They're, they're crushing the Soviets with artillery. So Zhukov, he makes quite a ruling. I mean, it was genius, but bloody. He rules that the Soviets are supposed to stay within 50 yards of the Germans at all time. That means no matter what, even if you're not engaging, you have to be right there. Why? So the Germans won't call artillery on you because they're not going to risk calling it on themselves. But it made all the fighting up close Personal, we're talking bayonets, fists, rocks. It's brutal, absolutely brutal. And I forgot to mention, you still have civilians there, lots of them. Civilians who are now dying of thirst. Oh, oh, you did you think the Germans weren't going to bomb the water facilities? Of course they did. Think about your own town. What if you went to the faucet and turned it on and there was no more water? What are you going to do? Citizens are dying of starvation. 
citizens are dying of thirst. So they're doing what you can understand. Picture your kids looking at you. I mean, it has to be how many times, how many, how many Soviet uh, civilians had to go through this? Picture your kids looking up at you, Dad. I'm hungry. I need some food. What would you do? Mom, I need water. Can you get me? What would you do? The answer is anything. Anything. And they would. They would go try to trade with the Germans. If the Germans were the only ones they could find. Only the Soviets weren't going to allow this. Because the Soviets knew this was total war. The Soviets would routinely kill their own civilians if they were caught doing this. And it's not as if the Germans were really kind either. The Germans would routinely kill the Soviet civilians. You're, if you're a civilian, you don't have allies. You're sandwiched between people who all want to murder you. It's that bad. It's that bad. The battle is not only going on inside the city. It's going on outside of the city. And this is going to play a critical role in our, our little story here as we get ready to wrap it up. It wasn't only Germans. The Germans had other countries they had conquered, allowed to come with, countries like Italy and Romania. Well, here's the problem. The German troops are all awesome. They all were well-equipped, well-trained. They were just awesome troops. The other countries, the Italians, the Romanians, their troops sucked. They had bad equipment, bad training. They were just bad troops. And the Germans would treat them like crap because they were bad troops. They would execute Romanian troops. Oh, you fell asleep on post? Okay, you're going to die. Trying to get these guys whipped into shape. So the Germans throw their crack troops into Stalingrad because they want to take the city. They have to leave people outside of the city to guard them, guard supply lines, and they leave all their crappy troops outside of the city. That's where you have all the Romanians and Italians. You leave the weak ones in reserve. Germany takes a brief pause because they have the Soviets up against the ropes. It has been brutal fighting, but the Soviets are now backed towards the Volga. They are in serious, serious trouble. And Germany decides we're going to take a brief pause. Let's bring up a bunch more artillery, a bunch more supplies, and let's finish these guys off only You don't give a man like Zhukov the luxury of a pause. You don't give that man a chance to regroup. Why? Well, as a lot of Soviets are about to find out, as a lot of Germans are about to find out, Zhukov has some really, really dark plans in store for the invaders now. We will get to that and... Getting kicked off a parent advisory committee because you're white? Hang on. I've got an animal inside of me. This is Jesse Kelly. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, We'll probably stay together. Probably? (laughs) It's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, Okay, now tell me what to do. 
Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. idiots on other cable news channels that will will say, well, you know, this mom and pop store was vandalized during the summer riots. And that's just as bad as the United States Capitol being vandalized. No, no, actually, no, no, it's not. (laughs) The capital of the United States of America is the center of American democracy. And while I am a fierce believer in people's right to defend their private property, I'm not going to confuse a taco stand with the United States Capitol. They're always telling you exactly what they think about you. If you care enough to listen, you will also understand and perhaps become an oracle yourself like I am. What, Chris? What? I am Sombrero Jesse. I have an obligation here. All right, 877-377-4373, jesse at com. That was Joe Scarborough on his show telling you exactly what he thinks about you. <laughs> Your taco stand, <laughs> you dirtball. I'm talking about the saintly capital, sacred ground, the center of democracy. All right, we'll get to that in a second. Let's finish up with Stalingrad. The Germans pause for the final push. But again, why are you pausing? Look at your calendar. It's now October. Uh Uh-oh. When the Germans paused, the Soviets were bringing in reinforcements. The Soviets were bringing in mass amounts of winter gear, which they have aplenty in in the Soviet Union. The Germans were not. The Soviets now, they do a counterattack of their own. They mass some units up and they start attacking those weak German flanks of the German allies that are outside of the city. Remember the Romanians, the Italians, so on and so forth? They hammer it. It's called Operation Uranus. Please grow up, Chris. Please, Operation Uranus, they come and hammer on the Allies. Tanks, artillery, mass amounts of troops. Germany, the smart move now at this point is take those crack German troops who are in the city and pull them back out of the city so they can help the weaklings defend. Only Germany has a micromanager at the top. 
Yes, Hitler sucked for a variety of reasons. It wasn't just the mass murder of Jews. It wasn't just his stupid mustache. Hitler was an insane person and a micromanager and didn't want the appearance of losing Stalingrad so he wouldn't allow, from the safety and warmth of his office, he would not allow the crack German troops to leave Stalingrad and go out to the outskirts and help his people. Except now, things are starting to go from bad to worse. Because those weak allies on the flanks, they crumble. And I know you're not looking at a map, but I want you to picture something because you have to understand it. You have a city, Stalingrad. There's a river on the east side of that city. Okay? This this is all not exact, but it's going to be pretty close. Stalingrad, a river on the east side of it. Consider that river basically a wall. You have the Germans. The Germans came from the west into the city. You had people set up outside of the city to make sure they couldn't get behind you, cut off your supply lines, cut you off. Except now that's exactly what the Soviets just did. They came, slaughtered the guys on the outside, and now the Soviets are on the western side of Stalingrad. You do understand what that means, right? You have it pictured in your head. The entire German army is now encircled and surrounded in Stalingrad with no supply line whatsoever. And you have mass Soviet armies on the outside. And it's starting to get cold. You only have an airfield now. And... An airfield is simply not going to be enough. In Hitler's defense, and I hate ever saying those words, but in Hitler's defense, he was promised by the head of the Luftwaffe, Hermann Goering, he was pro- the head of his air force. He was promised by the head of his air force that they could resupply, that the air force could handle the resupply of the troops. But understand how much we're talking about here. The troops, this number of troops, need 700 tons of food a day. That's just food. 700 tons a day. There's no way planes can handle that. Oh, and did I mention the Soviets are shooting them down? And the Soviets have planes too. The German army is now completely and utterly doomed. Only, to their credit, They retreat back into the city. They hunker down. They're freezing to death already. And I mean, guys are walking over and in tanks, driving over their frozen to death dead comrades. You would wake up routinely in the morning and simply look to your right and left and your buddies would have been, would have frozen to death in the middle of the night. It's that bad. But the Germans, to their credit, do not give up because they cannot give up. Because of how brutally they had treated all the Russian people on their way in, they knew what awaited them should they surrender. And boy, did they turn out to be right. All right, I'm finally going to wrap this up because I have so much to get to and I don't want to wrap it up, but I must. Give me one second. You're never completely ready to adopt a teen. For late nights writing English papers. For your teen's music taste. For dinners, where they talk more on their phone than with you. For the first time, 
They call you mom. You're never completely ready to adopt a teen, and you can't imagine the reward. To learn more about adopting a teen, visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. Ladies and gentlemen, we have arrived in Philadelphia. Local time is 3.05 p.m. and the temperature is 67 degrees. At this time, you are now free to use your cellular devices. You know that feeling when you get to turn your phone on after the plane lands? You can have that feeling every time you drive. Make sure your cell phone is stowed away whenever you are behind the wheel. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, a message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. It's getting cold. The Germans are surrounded. By the way, don't forget, you can call 877-377-4373. Jesse at jessikellyshow.com. You can send in your love, your hate, your death threats. Send in your Ask Dr. Jesse questions. Boy, do we need an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. I need one. I need one. Remember, I read all of your emails. They all go right to Jewish producer Chris. He prints them off for me. I read them all. I will not respond. I get way too many, but I read every single one of them. Germany is now surrounded in Stalingrad. They know the situation is dire. They decide they're going to try to send in an army to break through the Soviet encirclement and reinforce those those troops inside Stalingrad and finish them off. And in comes the German army, and they start clashing with the Soviets. What happened next? Well, that's for the history books and for you in just a second. Jesse Kelly Show. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. It just seems overwhelming if every aspect of our daily life has to it, change. It, it can seem overwhelming. But there, you, you it, are optimistic. Yeah. There are days when it looks very hard. If people think it's easy, they're wrong. If, if people think it's impossible, they're wrong. It's possible. It's possible, but it'll be the most amazing thing mankind has ever done. That's what it has to be. Yeah, it's an all-out effort, you know, like a world war, but it's us against greenhouse gases. Ooh, Bill Gates, mark my words, as I've told you before on this show, that man is a monster. He may not know he's a monster. He almost undoubtedly does not. Probably views himself as a savior. That is the type of human being who will wipe out mass amounts of humanity and not give it a second thought. 
877-377-4373. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. All right, let's wrap up this Stalingrad stuff because I have so much other stuff to get to. The Germans try to get reinforcements into Stalingrad. They start charging through. They are having success. The Soviets are trying to keep them out. The Germans are trying to get in. And the Germans inside of Stalingrad now send the message to Hitler asking for permission. That's the kind of micromanager he was to go try to fight their way out and go meet this army. Because these guys, remember, they're sitting in Stalingrad. They're freezing to death. They're still fighting. They know they're encircled. This is their chance. Help is here. Let us go beat them. The army that's trying to get into the Germans is now within 30 miles of them. You can hear all the fighting. It's right there. Let us go. Hitler, because he doesn't want to give up ground, does not allow his army inside Stalingrad to leave and go meet the reinforcing army. The reinforcing army stalls eventually because Zhukov is a boss. Then it stops. And then the Germans know it's over and they order the supporting army to turn around and go home. The German 6th Army, I haven't ever given you the names, it doesn't matter, but the 6th Army, that's the army in Stalingrad, they know it's over now. And they're dying ugly, ugly deaths. Still freezing still bayoneting, still shooting. Disease is starting to set in because that's what happens when people starve, when you don't have the nutrients, disease sets in. The Soviets, they now come up with an even better plan. Zhukov, of course, does. They split Stalingrad in two. The two the, the German pockets, they find a way to worm their way through the center of it, and now they have two different German pockets instead of one. There's one in the north. There's one in the south. The south falls. Then the north falls. Some 90,000 Germans did surrender, went into captivity with the Soviets. Do you know how many saw Germany again? 6,000. The Soviets took out their revenge. Many of them were killed by the Soviets on the march. Many of them were killed by the Soviet weather and hunger on the march. Those who weren't promptly marched off to the gulags and worked to death. Picture this. 30 years after Stalingrad, there were still German POWs in Soviet gulags. Think about that. I know it's hard to feel any sympathy for somebody wearing a German uniform in World War II, but picture a young man signing up to fight for his country in Germany, puts on the uniform, charges across the Soviet Union, has to experience fighting like that in Stalingrad, only to live the next three decades being worked to death in a Soviet gulag. That is the story of Stalingrad. Understand this. this is, the Germans should have won that war with the Soviets. They should have. That portion of the war they should have. I don't know that they could have beaten us because of our materials, but they should have won that war with the Soviets. 
Why didn't they? Well, this is an easy trap leaders fall into. And I see people falling into this all the time. I see it happening across America. I see it happening across the right all the time right now. Overestimating your own importance, overestimating your own influence is not a little personality quirk. It's deadly. It can be deadly to your movement. Shoot, it can actually cost people's lives, as you see from Hitler. Leaders, because they're in leadership, easily can get seduced by that kind of power and start to think that they're kings. I've seen it a hundred times. It's not that people become bad people when they take over something. They generally were anyway. Like, you know, I'm a bad person anyway. I've never pretended otherwise. But you get in there and now people do things you say all around you. Everywhere you're, you're surrounded by them. You start to think you're pretty important. You're pretty smart. You should be in control of everything. Hitler had a whole bunch of yes men around him. And anybody who wasn't, wasn't around him very much longer. And it doomed him. I see this Mitch McConnell-Donald Trump fight, and it floors me. It floors me how dumb this is for Mitch McConnell. And this is what I mean. I am not a Mitch McConnell hater. Because as I've told you before, I know exactly what Mitch McConnell is and I know what he isn't. You're not going to lead the Senate GOP, sadly, if you're a hard right guy who's willing to actually fight for liberty. You're not going to get a guy like that. You're you're just not. You're just not. Ted Cruz is never going to lead the Senate GOP, ever. 90% of the Senate GOP hates his guts. He's never going to lead the Senate GOP. So A guy like Mitch McConnell is about what you're going to get. And Mitch McConnell has been extremely effective on some things. So I'm not a McConnell hater. I I mean, his politics are not my politics. I think in a lot of ways, he is a a, a big emblem of why the GOP has failed. But setting all that aside, I'm not a McConnell hater. I'm not. But during that impeachment thing, the latest sham impeachment, not 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 the previous sham impeachment, the latest sham impeachment, he made some... Public statements blasting away, blasting away at Donald Trump. And I I mean, not being subtle about it either, like he was when Trump was president. Just, ah, Trump caused this, and Trump was this, and Trump was just blasting away. And you heard. I came on the radio and said it while he was doing it. I don't understand it. What does Mitch McConnell gain from that? What does Mitch McConnell gain from blasting the most popular Republican in the United States of America? I couldn't wrap my mind around it. And the answer was, and is, nothing. There is simply not a single win. Which is odd to me because McConnell... Well, obviously, like I said, not necessarily my guy, is very savvy. What what did he think he was gonna gain? Of course, Donald Trump puts out a long a long statement this weekend, just 
blasting Mitch McConnell, and I mean blasting him. You want to hear this statement? You know what? I might read you the whole thing. Give me a second. I'm going to read you Trump's statement. Your holster is way more important than you think it is. It's just way more important than you think it is. What look, and I get that. The holster's not the sexy part of carrying firearms, right? You want to talk about your weapon and your ammunition. You want to talk about your safety training. You want to talk about how you did at the range. Oh, look at my groups. I was doing these failure drills today. And all that stuff's really important. I mean, really, really important. I'm not discounting that. But I've known so many people who do all those things. They take all the necessary steps and then they carry with a holster they bought from a big box hunting store that was made a thousand at a time. Please. Don't put your life in one of those holsters. You need to trust Northwest Retention Systems because it's all custom-made gear. It's the only thing I carry around. NWRetention.com. That's NWRetention.com. Use the promo code JESSE. Get you 10% off. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.